in the 19th chapter of John, verses 31 through 37. This is our 220th exposition of this book. And we're going to touch on some very uh, wonderful things. John 19, 31 through 37. The Jews, therefore, because it was the preparation that the bodies should not remain upon the cross on the Sabbath day, for that Sabbath day was a high day, besought Pilate that their legs might be broken and that they might be taken away. Then came the soldiers and brake the legs of the first and of the second and of the other, which was crucified with him. But when they came to Jesus and saw that he was dead already, they brake not his legs. But one of the soldiers with a spear pierced his side, and forthwith came there out blood and water. And he that saw it bear record, and his record is true. And he knoweth that is, he saith true, that ye might believe. For these things were done that the scriptures might be fulfilled, a bone of him shall not be broken. Amen. And again another scripture saith, they shall look on him whom they pierced. Now we're being exposed here to the manner of God in dealing with scripture. Men as a rule are very sloppy about handling the word of God. So I wanted to say a word here about that. Too many times people attach their own private meanings to God's Word. Mm -hmm. I want to say a few things about the Word of God. Everything that's written on a, on a single statement basis is in harmony with everything else that's written. Yes, amen. God never says anything that ignores what He's already said. When he moves a person to write a record, the record is precise. Yes. It's, it's not sloppy. Mm -hmm. And it's in harmony with every other inspired record that's been written. That's right. Now, there are 40 known authors of Scripture. We don't know who wrote some of the books. Joshua, Judges, Ruth. First and Second Samuel, some assume Samuel wrote those. First and Second Kings and First and Second Chronicles, some assume that Samuel wrote, Ezra wrote those. First and Second Samuel, some assume Samuel wrote those. Because it's assumed that Paul wrote Hebrews because of the intricacy of the knowledge of the old covenant that's found in there that no other no other writer displayed this kind of understanding. No other writer even mentioned high priest. No. Yeah. But Hebrews does develop that extensively. Some uh, authors wrote multiple books. Moses, Solomon, Jeremiah, Paul, Peter, and John. They wrote multiple books. And some books, Psalms and Proverbs, a lot of different people yeah. wrote in it. For instance, in, in Psalms, some of the authors are Moses, Solomon, Jeremiah, Paul, Peter, uh, excuse me. Some of the Psalms and Proverbs are written by several authors. Moses wrote the 90th Psalm. David wrote the 23rd Psalm. Asaph wrote several Psalms. The sons of Korah wrote 11 psalms. Heman wrote Psalm 88. Ethan wrote Psalm 89. Agur wrote Proverbs 30. Lemuel wrote Proverbs 31. Yet all of these are, are harmonious. Yes, these writings spanned a period of time beginning with Moses. That's 3,500 years ago. 
and the last writer was John, that's 1,900 years ago. So that's 1,600 years, 16 centuries. Even though it spans many centuries and was written by many men, it's one book. In fact, it's called the volume of the book. The scriptures are not several books. They're one book. It's not identified as the words of God. It's identified as the word of God. Every word contributes to the spiritual life of the believer, for a man lives by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Now I say that because vast numbers of believers, professing Christians, have never really read all the Bible. In fact, I would venture to say most professing Christians have nowhere near read all the Bible, but this is every word of God, and you live by every word of God, not just your favorite words of God. Our text now is going to confirm the oneness of Scripture and the accord of Scripture and the precision of Scripture. This is because the scripture has a single author Mm -hmm. and a single spirit who delivered it to the world through holy men of God. Yes, Brother David. There is a a movement of uh, unbelievers who created a fake science of higher criticism that uh, were, they use that term, the Word of God, but what they mean when they say the Word of God, they mean something entirely different. They don't believe it's inspired. Yeah. And so I want to point out that it's not, you said it's not the words of God, and not identified that way, but I believe that every word is inspired. And then, but it's, uh, it's one word. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and we live by every word of God. Yes, I understand. Well, these men are liars. They, yes, they, right. they deserve no... They're liars. That's what they are. Right. And they're deceived. Higher criticism mean. started... Mm-hmm. It started with the induction of the age of reason. Yeah. There there wasn't anything like this before that. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. And... and uh, this is my own judgment on this. I think if you go to a Bible college, it's wrong to teach people what that criticize the Bible. What they, I think that's wrong. That's right. Amen. Yes. Because it plants seeds. That's right. Yes, brother Dave. When I was a student at Ozark Christian College, I took a class where it extensively covered this, and it just <laughs> that was one of the things that helped contribute to. Me uh, losing my faith. Yeah. 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 This would be this would be like Paul quoting you know some heathen or quoting a Pharisee. Yeah. Yeah. In his teaching. Mm-hmm. Let's look at this text. The Jews, therefore, because it was the preparation, the preparation. It was a day in which they made ready for the next day. Well, see, that's a. <laughs> That's a fresh idea to, to a lot of people right there. Yeah. Preparation means readiness. The Jews made ready for the Sabbath day. Or to celebrate a Sabbath day, the feast was on the Sabbath day. John nineteen fourteen states it was the preparation of the Passover. Mark records, and now when the even was come, because it was the preparation, that is the day before the Sabbath. So he's, yeah. he elaborates on it. That means that Jesus was crucified on Friday. Yeah. Someone says, yeah, but there's three days. and three, But day is defined in Scripture two different ways. One is described as the 12-hour day. God called the more the light 
day as a 12-hour day. He called the dark night as 12-hour night. The evening and the morning were the first day. That's a 24-hour day. So that Jesus was buried for three days. He was buried on Friday. He was in the grave on Saturday, 12-hour day. And he rose on the early morning in the beginning of the day. Three days. See, you'd be, you, well, maybe you won't be surprised, but you'd be surprised the arguments that have been made for how long Jesus was in the tomb. Some, some insist he was crucified Wednesday. The scriptures, they don't know the scriptures, see, they don't understand the scriptures. God himself is the one that defined the 12-hour day. Jesus declared that the Son of Man is the Lord even of the Sabbath. He said that didn't send it there. When it said no work on the Sabbath, it meant their own personal work. That's right, yes. That's right. They could handle the livestock. Jesus yeah. taught that. Yeah. That was the work. They could, they could handle their livestock. Right. He, he taught that the priests worked yes. on Amen. a Sabbath day Amen. in the tabernacle. But it was God's work. It wasn't his own personal work. This, however, was not what was what they were seeking to avoid. They weren't seeking to avoid their work. They were seeking to avoid being considered disobedient in this matter of crucifying Christ. And they were the other people were preparing for the Sabbath day, which was God's day, whatever work had to be done, they did it the day before. Yeah. So they didn't have to do it on the Sabbath day. A high day means a special Sabbath, not only related to the seventh day, but in this case to the Passover as well. How's that for hardness of heart? we got to do all our killing on the day before the Sabbath. Yeah, yeah. that's right. The law, now they they reason that the bodies of the men crucified shouldn't remain on the tree overnight, and it, they, this is based on the, on the scripture, Deuteronomy twenty one twenty two and twenty three is the text. Remember, they asked the Pilate to break, have the legs of the thieves broken so they'd die sooner, and then take them down so they wouldn't be on the cross the Sabbath day. And if a man have committed a sin worthy of death, and he be put to death, and thou hang him on a tree, his body shall not remain all night upon the tree. This is God talking here. See, some people don't know God speaks this particularly. But thou shalt not in any wise bury him, thou shalt in any wise bury him that day, the day he died. For he that is hanged is accursed of God. Take him down and bury him, that thy land be not defiled, which the Lord thy God giveth thee for an inheritance. Now I like these texts because they, they shine a light on God's character, what God's actually like. The curse of God could only be exhibited one day. Mm -hmm. You couldn't keep them hanging on the tree, and so you're looking at the curse of God. That's the nature of God. God doesn't want men to linger on his curses. Mm -hmm. You do have to consider them. Yes. But you don't linger on them. Why? It'll defile the land. Now this, as I mentioned, is foreign to man's thinking, but this now is how God thought. But look how they're using this. It is stated in view of the fact that God is the one offended by sin, not man. Yes. Jesus died. Was The Jews killed Jesus because he offended them. Yeah. God gave this law because they offended him. God is the one offended by sin. Yeah, that's right. If you are offended if someone sins against you, you have a solemn obligation to get over it. Yeah, yeah. Sins against God. Yeah, yeah, 
you don't be toting around a lot of ill feelings because someone sinned against you. And I noticed, too, that the sin committed had to be worthy of death. All sins weren't cap- didn't suffer capital punishment. We have an example of such a sin. It was worthy of death in Numbers 25, 2-4. And they called the people under the sacrifices of their gods, and the people did eat and bowed down to their gods. And Israel joined himself to Baal Peor, who was an idol, and the anger of the Lord was kindled against Israel. Now, this is God. Don't think for one moment that when a person gives credit to a God that's not God, that it does not make God angry. It angered God that they did that. And he hears what he said to Moses. (laughs) The Lord said to Moses, Take all the heads of the people and hang them up before the Lord against the sun, that the fierce anger of the Lord may be turned away from Israel. Now you know what one another reason why Jesus was died and hung on a cross to turn God's fierce anger away from the people. And if someone rejects that sacrifice, the love of God's not going to be on that person. That person shouldn't hear about the love of God. God's angry with that. He's angry with the wicked every day. Particularly since he's provided a solution for sin and forgiveness. (coughs) Yet even the punishment of the wicked wasn't to be set held before the Israel continually. See, this is not what he wanted Israel to remember continually. They had to be exposed to it, but not, not continually. As I live, saith the Lord... I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked. God was angry, but this doesn't particularly please God to have to to do this. More was involved in this law than a mere technicality. But see, these people were talking just a technicality. There was just a technicality. There There wasn't any heart in it at all. Applying this reasoning to our time, when we... When we oppose the wicked, false teachers and false apostles, it's because they have offended God. And this is not something we just continually hold out to the people. It is God who's been defamed before men. When that fact has been established, then we have then we proclaim the remedy for that situation. That you just mentioned here, you know, 24,000 yes. people died. Yeah. 24,000. Yeah. People have, have uproar, you know, because one, you know, sodomites killed over here. 24,000 because they offended God. That's right. Now, now, how much more in this day when Christ has taken away sin and yeah, provided right. an escape, provided a means to where we can come to God and be that's holy right. and accepted? This is serious. God's serious. Yes, it is. Now, see, we're, we're, our country right in the present time is in a, a political upheaval. Mm-hmm. Don't get caught up in that upheaval. Yeah, amen. Don't amen. be picking and choosing and taking sides. That's right. This is angering God. Yes, amen. Because this is a nature that has God's name on their currency and their, God's yes. name in their constitution. That's right. This nation was known as worshiping God, and this whole affair is angering God. Don't get caught up in it. Pray about it. We'll break their legs, they said. Imagine they went to Pilate and had their legs broken. In crucifixion, the ultimate 
cause of death is is asphyxiation. That's what causes the death. They finally can't breathe. So by breaking the leg, if their legs aren't broken, they, their legs had some strength. They can hold themselves. They can hold themselves up and prolong their life. Breaking their legs means they their lungs would collapse and they die sooner. That's why they had them break the legs. How's that for mercy? <laughs> for mercy. Yes. Brother, Brother Marty. You were saying before how, you know, how the scriptures all through the book support each other. And when the first Passover was instituted in Exodus, the people would <laughs> take a lamb and not break any of the bones. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah this, this is imputed to them, but see, God's, God's the governor. The Sabbath was a high day. The heartlessness of the Jews for their thinking of some small element of mercy for the crucified, they weren't thinking about that. They were thinking about their own self-interpreted laws. Any of you have anything else to say on that subject? That they might be taken away, break their legs, and they might be taken away, I mean taken down, instead of taken away, taken down and buried. They were completely ignorant of the fact that they were carrying out the will of God. In fact, that's why this happened. God didn't like convert this to his will. That wasn't it. He didn't look at it and say, well, I'll work this thing out to my advantage. That wasn't it. This was the will of God. God intended that the body of Jesus be buried and rise again the third day. That was a divine purpose. And I give the I give the reasoning of the reasoning about the third day. The evening and morning were the first day, twenty-four hour day. But when God calculated the third day, He reverted back to what He instituted at the creation. Then came the soldiers and break the legs of the first and of the other, which is crucified with Him. Now these thieves, remember, were still alive when this was done. An act that would hasten their death. But notice the exactness of this word here. There's a thief, Jesus, and another thief. One, two, three. But the soldiers carried out the commission, but not thoughtlessly. They they broke the legs of the thieves. Thief number one passed by Jesus, thief number two. Now, doubtless, the reason they did it, the superscription, they committed the same crime. So from their viewpoint, that's that's why they did it. But Jesus was governing this whole thing. That's, Jesus is in the middle Amen. to prove that this thing was under divine control. So they didn't... See, if this was today's soldiers, they just started at the left and worked over to the right. But that's not how they did it. Started with the first skip, Jesus went to the second. That I, I just relish just thinking about it. Of those crucified on Golgotha, he was the first one crucified, and he was the last one that died. Not because of crucifixion, but because of his obedience. Jesus didn't die of crucifixion. When I say the last, he was that his death was a recognized death by God, is the idea. So he's the first and the last. He said, I have power to lay down my life and I have power to take it up again. That's right. That's right. So he died because he dismissed his spirit. That, that's why he died. The thieves, he was the first to die, what I meant to say, the first to die. Because he died because he dismissed his spirit. That's why he died. Mm-hmm. He didn't die because the spirit inside. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. Amen. Amen. Some teach that he did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, 
I just read something about that. They said that the spear went into the heart and immediately killed him. That's yeah. not true. Yeah, I'm going to take some time to explain that in this lesson here. Dr. Bear oh, yes. before he died, mm-hmm. uh, and he said that the fact that water and blood came out separately proved that Jesus died of a broken heart, which I thought was very interesting. Yeah. And he did too. Uh, broken for the us. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna touch on that. Mm-hmm. We learn from Scripture that God o- God operates by his sequence. Mm-hmm. A single example of a various ceremonies that were a strict sequence was the Day of Atonement. It was orderly. Another example of orderliness is the assembly of the saints. It's to be orderly. Mm-hmm. Let the prophets speak two or three let the other judge if anything be revealed to another let the first hold his peace for ye may all prophesy one by one that all may learn and all may be comforted and the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets for God is not the author of confusion but of peace so the prophet but speaking in the assembly one speaks at a time when we pray in the assembly, one, I'm talking about audible, one prays at a time. Why? Because everything done in the assembly is for all the assembly. Yes. Yes. And so everyone's got to be able to say amen at the giving of thanks. But yes. if you've got multiple yes. speaking, what I'm making now is that God, it's, it's orderly. Everything is orderly. Let all things be done decently and, and in order. But they break not his legs. This full of fill the scrap prophecy. He keepeth all his bones. Not one of them mm-hmm. is broken. Yeah, Psalm thirty four twenty. Now remember, he'd been scourged. He's been beaten. Yes. Not a not the smallest bone. Yeah. Amen. There's little tiny bones in the human body. Yeah. Not the smallest bone mm-hmm. was broken. Amen. Deep within, no part of his spirit was broken or fractured either. When he rose from the dead, he was raised with all of his spiritual capacities. None of them had been debilitated. None of them had shrunk. He lost none of them. The Lord laid on him the iniquity of us all, but it didn't break any of them. Without or within. It wasn't too heavy. Didn't cause him to lose any of his yeah. divine traits. Amen. Now one of the soldiers, they saw he was dead already. So one of the soldiers yeah. pierced his side. Some verses read, made a wound, wound in his side and a spear, with a spear, and stabbed him with a spear. Now from the, from the viewpoint of the soldiers, they had to know he was dead already. Yeah. They couldn't just guess at it. They had to know he was dead already. They could not rely on appearance alone. But of greater import than that, Christ's death is our, is our salvation. So it, yeah. it can't be assumed. Yeah. Amen. Yes. Yeah. It has to be that he died has to be confirmed because that's the basis yeah. of our salvation. Yeah. That's the basis of our forgiveness. Mm-hmm. That's the basis of the new covenant. Yeah. It has to be mm-hmm. confirmed. Mm-hmm. The gospel of Christ is the power of God unto salvation. Mm-hmm. Forthwith there came out blood and water. Mm-hmm. Now John Gill properly notes this is accounted for, for in a natural way by the piercing of the pericardium which contains a small quantity of water about the heart, which, being pierced, a person, if alive, must inevitably die. I'm affirming that Jesus did not die because his heart was pierced. In this case, the wound was inflicted so Jesus would die by the 
if that's if that's the cause of his death. But the but the wound wasn't inflicted so it died. The wound was inflicted to confirm that he had died. They saw he was dead already, so they pierced his side to confirm he was dead already. Jesus said, no man takes my life. That's right. In his first epistle, John draws attention to this. It's a doctrinal fact. This is he that came by water and blood, even Jesus Christ, not by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit that beareth witness, because the Spirit is truth. For there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. And there are three that bear witness in earth, the Spirit, and the water, and the blood, and these agree in one. Now a significant number of theologians have said that the water stands for Christ's baptism, and the blood stands for Christ's death. But this is not true. Jesus didn't come by his baptism. That should be evident Mm -hmm. to everyone. The blood stands as incontrovertible evidence that he died. And the blood that saves Mm -hmm. is not the blood from the crown of thorns. It's not the blood from his hands. Uh It's not the blood from his feet. It's not the blood from his back and his beatings. It's the blood that came out of his side. That's the blood. The blood that confirmed. I I didn't know this for a long time. That's why a person's got to be careful what kind of teaching he sits under. Did everybody understand that? Yeah. So Jesus' baptism, he didn't come. He came, John says he came by water. Well, he didn't come by baptism. That's not how he came. The first time he didn't come by baptism, came by a virgin birth. When he started his ministry, when he he came from God, he didn't come by baptism. He came by water, by blood, when he entered into the sanctuary, and became a heavenly minister. By saying he came Mm -hmm. by water and blood, the Spirit is telling us he came within our reach. He came so we could so we could obtain what he's giving and live by his life. He. Water and the blood, that's right. All bear witness to his death, yeah. Uh, because he gave up his spirit, that's right. And then the water and the blood proved his death, that's right. Then in heaven, there's a there's the Father and the Word and the Spirit, and they they that's agree. Right. So, both all, all the witnesses are all agreed in one. Amen. The death, not only did the death of Christ occur, mm-hmm. the death of Christ is honored mm-hmm. in heaven, and is the basis for the new covenant, for forgiveness, and for remission. Mm-hmm. It's, just, it's just marvelous. In uh, Revelation chapter 12, verse 11, it says, They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb yeah. and the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto death. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah, there's a, that song, Power in the Blood. See, that's a, that's a proper <laughs> proper song. And he that saw, this is John. I saw it. He said, I, no one told me this. One of the soldiers didn't tell me this. I saw this. He was put there to see it. That's why he was throughout this whole trial, arrest, all the way up to his death. John was present in all of it. Because he was a witness. Yes. God had chosen. A record or a testimony relates to more than what was seen. See, the Holy Spirit had to tell us what actually happened Amen. behind the scenes. It's not enough just to know that Christ died. That's not enough. Yeah. You have to know why he died Amen. and what happened when he died. Yes. 
and how we're accepted because he died. Yes. Not just knowing he died, that's not enough. Mm -hmm. The soldiers knew he died, mm -hmm. yeah. but it, it didn't bring any benefit to them. Unless one of them later believed. Now he that saw, he, he saw it, but the truth of it dawned on him later. And this also is a divine, uh, a divine manner. Is what is seen and understood yeah. that profits, Amen. but you can't understand it till you see it, mm -hmm. till you discern it. Then, when you discern it, mm -hmm. then you can understand it. But Amen. until then, you can't. You're just guessing. Yeah. It's set up this way. This is how God works. He will not let someone who hasn't discerned the truth understand it. That's right, it doesn't make any difference if the Son of God preaches it to him, he won't understand it. If the chief apostle Paul says it to him, if he doesn't see it, he'll not understand it. Now, now that explains a lot of things that we see today. Many, many believers, professed believers have hardly any understanding of the scriptures. Why don't they? They haven't seen. Mm -hmm. They haven't discerned. That's right. Some of them haven't even heard. So John didn't comprehend this at the time Jesus died, but as he saw it, see the Holy Spirit's got to work with what's discerned and what you see the Holy Spirit opened this up then he was able to put this together write this epistle this is why Paul when he preached and wrote prayed that people would understand what he wrote he first they knew what he first he wrote and they read it and they knew it but then the understanding give them the eyes of understanding then, after they heard it, after they read it, then they understood it. Because God works with his word. But his word's got to be seen or discerned or that comprehended that it is God's word. Believe me, brethren, I doubt that the majority of Christians really believe this is the word of God. I'm going to go on record that I, but I don't think they do, because they don't expose themselves to it. Yeah, yeah. They've never seen the volume of the book. There it is. Mm -hmm. They've never seen it as God's word, mm -hmm. by which we live, mm -hmm. and through which we're saved. We know they don't see it because they ignore. They stoop beneath the Israelites under the first covenant. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They at least expose themselves yeah, right. to the word of God. Mm -hmm. A Sabbath day didn't go by mm -hmm. that they didn't hear the word of God read. Yeah. They had the word of God posted all over their houses. They wore it on their wrists. Mm -hmm. They wore it on their forehead. They're looking at the word of God every time they were conscious, every time they were awake. But that's not what we have today. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very serious, a very serious dilemma. Amen. Amen. And it's something that is worthy of prayer. Yeah. Now, God can change this situation. Well, I'm, I'm re revamping how I talk about God can. I'm <laughs> yeah. God will. Mm -hmm. If the circumstance is right, God will. So we pray to God that he'll open the eyes of their understanding. There's some people's eyes he will not open. That's right. are some cities Jesus did not preach in. Yeah. He couldn't even do a mighty work in them. Yeah. So if you think God like could lift anybody up or could heal anybody, this isn't true. This isn't true. Do you know now why the apostle, he recorded some of his prayers in Ephesians 
one in Colossians when he recorded some of his prayers that were for the church. Do you see why? God is not going to work where he is not believed. Nobody can sail into heaven on your faith. They can't. This is not possible. They can't even go into heaven on the basis of Christ's faith. They have to have faith to them. It has to be given to them or God will not work. Imagine Jesus going to to the uh, pool of Bethesda. Bethesda. It had uh, in Solomon's pool, it was in Solomon's porch, there were seven large porches that seated, they estimate, thousands of people. Sick people. This is the Son of God we're talking about. And he picks one out of that mass of sick people, he picked one. Mm-hmm. Yes. Now, would you say he could have healed them all? I'm saying he couldn't heal them all. Or he would have healed them all. How would someone go about establishing and proving that God wanted to do something but couldn't do it? God works on his agenda. Amen. That's right. This is why preaching is necessary, teaching yes. is necessary to melt the cold hearts of people so that God can work. God won't work where hard hearts are. But the word of God, if it's persistently preached, if it's persistently proclaimed, God will use that to soften people's heart and they'll be eligible for divine work but that even then God will not work beyond his will he will not it's a divine manner that what is revealed is intended to be told Mm -hmm. if you see something you discern something Mm -hmm. it's your obligation to tell it to pass it on that's how the the body of Christ works Mm -hmm. that's how the world's informed of the truth those who see it tell it then God works with it his record is true John said my record is true now let me give you an example of something that was said that sounded right but it wasn't right the centurion saw all this happen here's what he said truly this was the son of God Another report, Luke says, this was the righteous man. Neither of those statements are right. right. Neither one of them are right. right. Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus is the righteous one. See, those were not proper statements. He didn't understand. That was it. That was as much as he could say. As much as he could see was this was an admirable person Nothing could be said against him, but that's not what will save a person. Yeah. Now, it may well, I wouldn't doubt that eventually this centurion was given to see it, but that's an example of something that is said that's not true. Yes. They used it in the past tense. They saw him die. That's right. Was all over. That's right. <laughs> was that's a, that's a past tense. Was. Yes. That's right. Even when his you know his body. Was put into the grave, but he was very much alive down in the, in the yeah. in, in preaching to the captives. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This record, his record is true. Yes. Why is it true? That you might believe. Yes. That's why it's true. It's not true to prove that John was an honest writer. <laughs> it was true that we might believe. This is why John delivered the record. It was not that it might be stated, uh, uh, might be stated, it was not as might be stated among men so that you might know. That's not what he said, is it? He said that ye might, he didn't say that you might know. He said that ye might believe. That's right, yeah. That's why, that's why, is this not passing along information that you might believe other verses read, so that you may believe, or that you also may believe. 
The word might believe, believe means to be persuaded of, to place of confidence. So this is not just intellectual assent. All right, I, I agree, I agree with it. I admit that it's technically true. Truly believing moves the individual to act. If a person doesn't act, mm -hmm. they don't believe. No matter what they say, yeah. they don't believe. The action is initially obeying. Yeah. That's your initial action. You obey. Mm -hmm. yeah. Then when you obey, God works with that and you obtain confidence yes. and assurance. And that doesn't always come instantly either. Either the, when, you, when, you, when you believe, you become stable yeah. and consistent. Both of those are essential to your survival. Mm -hmm. You're going to survive this world and end up with the Lord. At some point, you've got to become stable and you've got to become consistent. Yes. And believing will accomplish both of those things. Why these things were done, these things, other verses read, these things came to pass that, or these things happened so that, or these things occurred so that, these things took place that, these things happened in order to fulfill this passage. Now, this language confirms the prophecies are not predictions. Prophecies are determinations not predictions. Now the word predict is not found in most English versions don't even have the word in them. The New American Standard does have it one place. And here's what's said. Isaiah 47, 13. You will have wearied with your many counsels. Let now the astrologers, those who prophesy the star by the stars, those who predict the new moons. <laughs> so prediction, if it's used properly, false prophets predict. Yeah, yeah, that's right. yeah. I thank God that I have been given to see this. Amen. That Prophecies aren't predictions, they're, de they're announcement of a determination. Amen. Yes. Well, if they had been a prediction, then Satan could have thwarted that. But the fact that God could announce openly yeah. to all of creation yeah. what he was yeah. going to do, and it still happened, That's right. and undo the enemy, that shows his providence. That's God. right. Now, I'll have to confess to you that it was a little, I was in Christ for a little time before I saw that. But when I saw it, the effect it had on my spirit and my attitude and my confidence was remarkable. I didn't have to have anybody else buttress the Word of God to me. Until then, someone else like Johnny had to say, This is true. This is the truth now. You, but then when you see it, you don't have to have someone tell you that. You understand it. Once <laughs> you get a hold of the promises of God, too, it transforms how you see the promises. Yeah. The promises aren't just predictions either. No. God's going to make it happen. That's, That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I like that. It says truly believing in yeah. the scriptures yeah. provides the stability and consistency. That's right. That makes us uh, stable Christian. That's right. So even if even if you're by yourself, you know, on the Isle of Patmos, this doesn't change this at all. John had to believe that vision he had. He had to. He believed it when he believed it. It stabilized. He was he was old at the time. It stabilized him there. Made it made him solid. Sure Couldn't he be moved. Alone. Mm -hmm. yeah. He was not alone. Yeah, that's right. Even though he was in exile. That's right. Amen. 
Yes. Uh, God's determinations aren't like man's determinations. <laughs> God's determinations are immutable. That's so right. They cannot be changed. Yeah, it's solid. And he, te- he tells you them, so when they come to pass, Amen. then you know. Amen. Then you know. See, now the apostles in their writing, they, they would, they'll tell you what newness of life is and, and what the, kind of the evidences of it. Now, at first, you may think that those are. This is what I got to do, and in a sense, you, you do. But when that you actually are, these are found in you. Then you know, you know you have the spirit. Then, if you, if the fruit of the spirit, you can see it, it's in you. Then you know you don't have to have someone tell you you have the Holy Spirit. You know you do. You got the evidence. Another use of the uh, word predicted is found in 1 Peter 1.11, seeking to know what person or time the Spirit of Christ within them indicated when he predicted the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow. But this was not man predicting. This was the Spirit of God (laughs) announcing what was going to happen. The scripture was fulfilled, he keepeth all his bones, not not one, I just like the way it says it, not one of them, there's some real little bones in the human body, (laughs) really small, when you talk about the neck and the shoulders and the elbows and the knees, there's some real little bones, but not one, Amen. That's right. not one Mm -hmm. was broken. And again, of course, Zechariah said, they pierced my hands and they uh, looked upon him who they pierced. And the psalmist said, they pierced, notice how precise, my hands and my feet. Yeah, that's right. They're pierced with nails. Yeah. Your side is pierced with a spear, mm-hmm. hands, feet. But it was both, was determined by God. Yes. To yeah. assure people that saw Christ die, that this was the one that God was prophesying. Mm-hmm. This was him. Amen. So men behold the working of God rather than the working of men. Mm-hmm. As men of tender hearts saw things, they were witnessing only the injustice and cruelty of men. People that didn't understand, that's that's what they were witnessing. They were witnessing the cruelty of man, the injustice of man. That was something to be seen all right. That is, that is true. That was something to be seen. But it was God, the death of Christ was God delivering up His Son for our salvation. That's what it was behind the scenes. If it wasn't that, it could not have happened. Impossible. So they would also find that God would not allow human judgment to have the final word. If men killed Jesus, then they had the final word. But they didn't. That's right. Nobody really technically killed Jesus, even though God credits them with killing him. They said they they killed the Prince of Life. They get the credit for it, but... Nobody really killed him. He yielded up his spirit. Now, no man has this power but Christ. You can't... uh, People that are strong believers, I imagine, if they could yield up their spirit, they maybe would be tempted to do so. But no man can give up his his spirit. You can't dismiss your spirit. But Jesus could. And he did. Otherwise, he couldn't have died. Amen. Amen. But this was his. Com- he didn't. That's right. This was his commandment. That's right. He Amen. got this commandment. Yes, that's right. Yes. To lay down yes. your life. Yeah. Then take it up again. Amen. You yes. know, Jesus didn't dismiss it uh, when he was just taken out of the garden. He said, "Okay, you know, I'll just dis- no. dismiss it." He he did, after they beat him. No. And, and, and no, didn't dismiss it. Right at the at the at the appropriate moment. That's right. When after God had had laid on him the iniquities of us all, right? For a three-hour period, the wrath of God was vented 
He didn't. He didn't do it then. He waited. Afterwards, remember he just he dealt That's with right. his mother. He had this other. He had work to do, but at the appropriate moment, he did it. Right? Yeah. Well, if he had laid it down in the garden, he'd have collapsed right there. Yeah. That's right. That'd have been it. Yeah. So, so you can see how, how the wisdom of God was involved in this. But see, Jesus was very aware of what was going on. He knew exactly. Oh, so he yes, Amen. This is this is how Jesus lived. Yes, amen. There was never a time, uh-huh. never, in his adult life, there was never a time when he didn't know yes. what was going on amen. and knowing what we were to do. That's he right. was never. Jesus was never ignorant. Yes. Amen. When he was a youth, he yes. he grew in wisdom. But when he was after he was thirty, he didn't grow in wisdom. That's right. Yeah. He had it then. Yes. Yeah. Amen. I have a question. And here, is, uh, the scripture says that a bone of him shall not be broken. There is a scripture in First Corinthians chapter eleven, twenty-four, yeah, it says his body was broken. Hey, this is my body, which is broken for you. And I've heard people say, well, there's an error in the Bible because it... No, it's his body, not his bones. Can you, can you explain that in more, little bit more detail? That's a neat explanation. His body was broken, not his bones. It was pierced. His, whole, his body was broken. Their body and Body and bones are two different things. I was thinking of this while you were talking that, um, you know, the fact that they could drive a nail through his hands and through his feet and not break his I bones, it's just saying. like a miracle. Yeah, I mean, I know. I, but see, God was managing this aspect yeah. of it. And so the, the, they couldn't break his bones. Yeah, this is, this is why I yeah. want to underscore, yeah. when people present these arguments, we should not listen to them. Yeah. We should not expose our mind to them because they produce questions. That's what they do. Yeah, you've got a bunch of tiny bones in your feet. Brother, and it, this wasn't an eight-penny nail, yeah, you understand, right. they were using. Yeah. They did, it did not break a bone. Amen. It was. It was God right. preserved that's his right. bones. Amen. Yeah. Most of the time i found when people ask questions like that, they're not sincerely looking for no. an answer. That's anyway. right. Yeah. Well, they're even looking if they, for a reason to excuse their unbelief. Yeah. Even if they are sincere, uh-huh. it's an unwarranted question. Amen. And when it is an unwarranted question, if you, if you know it is, I mean, you have to know it's an unwarranted question, Amen. you need to tell that that's an untaught question. Yeah. Yeah. Do we can't, the only way we can answer that question is to hypothesize, and that's that right. is strictly forbidden. Yeah. Yeah. And God purposely has explained only what needs explanation. Yes. Like one time, you remember they they counted that blind blind man. He said, "This sickness is for the glory of God." <laughs> well, that was something that nobody else <laughs> nobody else knew, yeah. but Jesus knew it. That's why this man's sitting there. Yeah, yeah. You know, he probably he was an adult, so he'd been a long time in that state. That's good. As opposed to the breaking of bones, which is was his body was broken in the sense of body being bred. That was a violence done to him that was outside of his control. Yes. And Jesus' uh, breaking of his body began a long ways before the 
crucifixion. He had hours where he was scourged, he was buffeted with fists, he was slapped, he was beaten. These are all things that broke, that broke his body. Yeah. But in Sister Aid is right in that delineation of the Lord's table, the broken body is referring to Jesus as bread. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. Amen. That's good. To, it's good to talk about it these things, yeah, because there's a lot. A lot of confusion has been gendered, but mm-hmm. the less of it we have, the more yeah. stable we'll be. <laughs> Amen. All right. be true and you're one of the first people I've ever heard explain the verse that he came by water and blood even Jesus Christ but I appreciate that revelation thank you I of course I'm not the first person who saw that but yeah. for a while I thought I was <laughs> but I find that there's there's always been people that have seen but they, they generally are from a previous generation but it's good to see that and yeah. did you notice too that John talks like you ought to understand it? Yeah. He doesn't. Right. This yeah. this would have required a book of several chapters. If yeah. this was, but he just makes a simple statement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amen. My my witness. This is a true witness. Yes. How does why does he say that? Because when you accept it, you'll find it true. Amen. By experience, you'll find it to be true. Yes. Amen. All right. 